Welcome back to the Win Big Podcast. I'm Steven, and on this episode, I am joined with Brandon. In this episode, we're going to cover everything around Newcastle's fantastic win in the Champions League. We'll get into some of our predictions that we had from week three and see where we stack up. And then we'll talk about the Cowboys from last week and going into this week. So let's get started. Brandon, how the hell are you? We're back. We are back, dude. You know what, man? Look, look, look here. Round of applause, bro. Just, just, bro. Can, can we, can we just talk about how great that win was for Newcastle today? Dude, long overdue. Yes. And what a way for their return over what twenty plus years? Oh, dude. Saint to the Champions ja- League in St. James Park. St. James Park was electric dude and what's crazy is Sella had done a drone show outside of the stadium on this whole like showing the Newcastle logo showing team shirts with names on it like we're back and dude it was unbelievable and then right like this whole I guess the the thing that they got approved expired at 1 p.m local time so they couldn't do that show that night. I mean, dude, it was so good. Like, I mean, the whole city was was drawn by it. It was, it was fantastic, man. E- even if it didn't make it into the whole, like, you know, ensemble that is the Champions League returning to St. James Park, it was still cool to see the, 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 the city warm up to it, what Celeb was doing with these drones, and it was just cool to see, man. I, I, I can't be more stoked to be a Newcastle United supporter than I am right now. And we're going to talk a little bit um, about some weird predictions and how I'm going to shift heavy. I'm a hard pivot, dude. But, hey, take it away. All I know is that we are mental. Oh, dude. <laughs> the streets of Newcastle right now are mental. There are going to be some people that absolutely do not report to work. It's happening right now. I mean, we're recording this at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time in the U.S. It is... Rough and tough, one thirty a.m. local time in the city of Newcastle. It's still buzzing right now. They haven't stopped. They the bar- are. They, they've probably drank half a Newcastle dry right now. The berry is dry. Oh yeah, the strawberry probably out of beer. The strawberry's probably out of beer. And when and when Adidas come back to produce things, dude. If we man, can you can you imagine where this team is going right now? Oh my gosh, dude. I'm over here getting all excited and stuff, man. Dude, Goodness but, gracious. You know what? Before we get too ahead of ourselves, let's go ahead and dive into this game. Yeah, let's let's dive into it. So four one. Four one. And we're not just talking any team. We're talking PS- PSG. Dude. Superstar loaded team. Yes. Back to back. They've been in Champions Leagues back to back for how many years now? Mm-hmm. Not only that, but I mean they have majority of the French national teams players on there. I know. It's wild to think. That they are a, st- a, a, a against elite international team, Newcastle showed up in a huge way. Not to mention the fact that you're without Callum Wilson, you're without Joe Linton, you're without Sven Botman. Like, there's a lot of things. Like, this team felt a little light going into here. I want to highlight a player that I thought stepped up in a big way, and 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 this player is near and dear to my heart because he's endured a lot in Newcastle in the time that he's been there between relegation to promotion to the advancement to the Champions League and bear it in mind 
has been comfortable being a rotation player because he believes he's part of something bigger than him starting. And that, that player is Jamal Lascelles. I want to talk about some things that he did in this game that I, go, I think are going to be um, overlooked because of what, what the goals that Newcastle scored. But here's the thing. Jamal Lascelles is playing a position that he's typically not used to playing, which is a left center back. Okay? Not his normal position. Second, he was all over the defensive back and also played a an instrumental role up front when he was allowed to give a little bit of freedom and advance forward. He had a pivotal block that bounced off his leg to prevent it going in the low court of the goal. He created a lot of pressure around Kylian Mbappe on the inside, prevented him getting in and getting loose. He had, he had a couple of shots off, didn't really have much going in. He's going, in my opinion star player of Newcastle that night in the defensive front. Yes, we can talk about Dan Burns' goal. Look, the dude is like, the dude is a million foot tall, okay? Like, he's getting over anybody. I don't care what you say. I think he's six foot eight. Um, he's getting over anybody and he's going to score that goal. But Jamal Lascelles, what he has meant to Newcastle United, what he's endured being here, being pulled out of the starting rotation and still being comfortable staying, he has been... A leader in the locker room. He knows the highs. He knows the lows. He doesn't let himself get too high. He doesn't let himself get too low. He's very balanced. He's very calm. And he is a he's he's what you call a locker room guy. He's the dude you look to to lead you. He's the guy you turn to when you feel like you need support or you feel like you need uplifting. This is the dude. And I gotta tell you, what a game he had. Uh, that's my. That's my. I mean, I'd, I'd like to hear what your your take is on who you thought the standout player is. But for me, before I get into the goals, I wanted to be able to take that moment because that guy has been unbelievable to Newcastle. For me, the two players that stood out today in today's game, um, one, Tanali. Yeah, Tanali. The more and more that I see him settling in in that midfield. He looks more comfortable mm -hmm. in Eddie Howell's, you know, tactical formations. Not only that, but it just looks like the hustle. The hustle, the heart. The kid's got heart. No doubt. Still young. Still young. And the way that he's able to compliment, you know, in the midfield, you know, you got Longstaff. You have Almiron as well. You got Gamares as well. You know, you get you get to compliment those players as well. So it's just one of those things where my hat's off to him today. Yeah. You know, as well as in St. James's park, you mm. know, standing ovation, standing yeah. ovation, him and the other player, I would say that <laughs> gave it their all today. And I'm glad we resigned him. I think through 2028, Bruno, Bruno. He oh, Bruno. He wears the magic hat. He does. Look, he could have signed for Arsenal. He could have signed off for <laughs> Arsenal, correct. <laughs> for those of you that don't know, that is absolutely part of a wonderful cheer that they have for Bruno. <laughs> so good, dude. Yeah, I got I to gotta give you. So, so Sandro Tonali. So I'm sitting here, bearing in mind, I'm, I am absolutely watching a game during a time that I should be working, and it's okay. Same. Um, but I couldn't help myself. Um, and then I turn this game on, right, and I'm like – don't don't get too high here, Stephen. Like, yes, it's a return. The Champions League back to, you know, St. James Park. Like, it's coming back, right? 
And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, I made a prediction where I said, if you just draw with PSG and you take advantage of what you get at home, you have a chance to advance here. You just can't lose. Um, a loss is, is, is not good in any – I don't care. There's only six games. A loss hurts a lot. A draw will push you through. A draw will also get you hurt. And you're forgetting a goal differential as well. <clears throat> yes. Okay. And the fact that you just dropped four. And guess where we're sitting at right now? Number one, baby. So this is my hard pivot. So I said Newcastle would scrape in in second, mm -hmm. right? One point above PSG right now. PSG have one win, one loss. Newcastle have one win, one draw. Correct. We have Dorman next. Correct. And then we get the rotation. I got to tell you, um, I got to swallow two pills from the last time we did this podcast. The first pill that I got to swallow is I said that Newcastle needed to take, or in my opinion, um, a more traditional style approach to formation. And I shared that because I felt like this 4-3-3 formation was getting a little old uh, and a little dated for Newcastle. And I got to swallow that pill, and I want to swallow it for this reason. What I saw today on a 4-3-3 formation when it works is a team that is consistently doing the same things and, and the players feel comfortable where they are. They also know where they're going to be. They know when to move. And I got to tell you, they played harmonious football today. It was unbelievable to watch. They got a little dicey early on. PSG applied pressure right out of the gate. And then there was, dude, there was a really, really close opportunity across goal that arguably, hey, if he catches that right, it's in the back of the net. Like, Nick Pope would have had no chance stopping this. Uh, and there was no defensive front in front of him except for one, one person, which I think was um, Dan Byrne. But um, it was one opportunity. So I got to swallow that pill on formation. Like, I, I'm bought in anything Eddie Howe does at this point. Like, I mean, the guy has not let, us, not let the city down yet. Um, and he always keeps things very level, very grounded. And he talks about process a lot. And, like, I, we just need to show up and be who we are. We need to deliver what we do every day and be us. And the things will come. Because he believes in systems and processes and doing things the right way. And coaching players to see things differently, which I think is great. So that's the first pill I got to swallow. The second one I got to swallow is the fact that I underestimated this team through any kind of adversity and the schedule balancing that they've had early. I thought it's going to be a lot to take on. You're playing two to three times a week. Like you're going to feel this pressure and your depth has got to be right. And they showed up in a huge way today against PSG. Not only did the crowd give them an extra boost at home, they played aggressive. They played their style of football. What I, my only thing here would be if Newcastle play like this at home all three games that they have here, they're going to win all three games at home. That's nine points. Plus the one draw that you have is ten points. That means it don't matter what happens in the next two games because you're going to go through. And, and I'm, dude, I'm, I'm talking, I was talking about maybe getting one win and drawing out everything else, and that would get you through in second place. I think Newcastle advance in the top spot here. Now, that's a hard pivot, but give me the number one spot. At this point, why not? Dream big and go for it. What do you think? I agree. So, I, I think I came on here what the podcast two weeks ago or something mm -hmm. like that, yep. and I told you, based on what I saw, originally I had picked on the, the group of death, obviously, PSG going in first, mm -hmm. and then second, Milan. 
after, like I said, after seeing the result that we pulled against Milan mm -hmm. and seeing the struggles that Milan currently has and yep. they continue to have, what they just did against Dortmund today is the exact same thing that they tried pulling off on Newcastle. Guess what? It didn't, didn't work. work. Mm -mm. Didn't work. It was a draw, right? It was a draw. Mm -hmm. So now, you know, you, you have a tie or you have two ties. And you're sitting in third place. Yeah. You're sitting in third place. Yep. So basically Milan and Dortmund, they have, it's a win. You have to win regardless. Mm -hmm. The likelihood of that happening, there's a small probability, but right now what you're looking at, and that's why I made my switch back to Newcastle. What? Not only this was not only a mental game, but yeah. it was a physical, very physical game. But I think Eddie Howe prepped these boys. Mm -hmm. oh, he they prepped these boys and told them whatever he said in that locker room worked. Yeah, before the game even started, mm -hmm. it got them fired up. And like you said, the crowd. There's no literally for 90 minutes, 90 plus minutes. They didn't stop. They did not stop. Even after we got scored on, they did not stop. Yeah, they didn't stop at all. The guys fed on the energy. Yep. But the fact that that 433, you know, like going back to the formation aspect of it, I know I've said, you know, I would want to see something different. But like you said as well right now, the way that Eddie Howe used, used these guys in a 4-3-3 formation to press, to press the opponent and make them make mistakes. Not only that, but when you're playing man-on-man -man like that, yep. and arguably you have one of the best forwards, attacking forwards in the world, and you got him manned up, what did he do today? What? Nothing. Mm -hmm. I know. He couldn't do anything. moped, he complained, he did everything because things weren't going his way. Yeah, no, they didn't, they didn't look good at all. Um, you know, the crowd is underestimated in Newcastle, I think, sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, one thing I've, I've always said is this team, this, this fan base does not expect silverware. However, I think they're dreaming of it right now. And what I mean by that is they just want to compete they just want to be competitive. They want the team to be competitive. When you've had players like Alan Shearer, who still to this day hold the Premier League scoring record, when they use terms like War Miggy in reference to all the greats that have come through when they say things like War Jackie for Jackie Milburn, uh, so Bobby Robson, legend, you, you're you going to go down in history um, as a great of a club that honestly like this 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 city idolizes this team like they work hard all week long to go watch a team play a sport and the passion is unbelievable at 52,000 people strong i'd put it up against any stadium in the world in terms of uh eq volume it's unbelievable it's electric uh and when they score in the Gallagher end nothing better Absolutely nothing better, and uh, yeah, we got to see we got to see a lot of goals in this one, uh, starting with uh, Miggy. Miggy, Dude. Miggy, can't you see? 
Dude, this this guy right here, right when I think he hits a slump, somehow, some way, dude, pull, he's, pulls he's gotten it better right out. After he we got him, we acquired him from Atlanta United. Oh, he he's become unbelievable. Um, it, it it's fantastic to see now, this goal right here, right? Like this is perfectly placed. First off. PSG had to play, started playing very conservative because of the high press from Newcastle, and they were very comfortable playing in high press. You get this defensive pass that comes from the box, try to chip it over the head of, um, I guess it was Bruno uh, at the time, or Tonali, one of the two, and they head it back, and Isak turns and just absolutely like punches this ball, hits the goalkeeper's hand, and Miggy just bends it right around this dude's hand. Beautiful goal, um, and it was absolutely fantastic start. Uh, nothing better that you could ask for 17 minutes in to know that you're going up one nothing, And then a whole lot of controversy on goal number two. A lot of it. It was. Uh, first off. I think there was, there was two to three yeah. shots on target. Yeah. That, yeah. Literally, keeper just mm -hmm. stopped. Yeah. This Dan Byrne goal. So this cross comes in, right? Like this questionable handball. Then there's like this ricochet. And then like it comes out. And it's crossed back in, and the Dan Byrne heads it. It looks like it goes in, but then all of a sudden it pops back out of the goal. Like, at first, I'm like, did that hit the crossbar? Did that did the keeper save this? Like, we don't know what's going on. A lot of controversy. And then, boom, stops, right? VAR. And then you watch the replay, and then there's questionable offsides, and you realize it's just a perfectly placed ball. And Dan Byrne got big, up. Big Dan Byrne? Dude, big Dan Byrne. He's from Blythe. <laughs> you know, dude, just unbelievable, right? Like, this guy jumps up. I mean... I mean, he's head and shoulders above everybody anyway, right? And just powerhouses this ball. There's no way. I mean, the goalkeeper did a fantastic job to even get it back out. Uh, but an unbelievable uh, second goal. Then you go to goal number three. And can we just talk about this pass that Trippier played through the defensive line to Longstaff? Longstaff had two, two things to do here. He's got Isak running into the box. And he's got a one-on-one -on -one with a goalkeeper, essentially. And he just powerhouses this ball, goes underneath the keeper's hand, bounces into the goal. Beautiful. Now we're up 3 nothing. The comeback goal from Hernandez, beautiful goal, by the way. Beautiful chip, chip little cross in, head. There was no way Pope was getting to it. It was we, a beautiful goal. And let's, let's acknowledge how the defense, well, I feel like me personally, being mm -hmm. a, playing the defensive role, mm -hmm. the defense got caught sleeping a little bit. And yeah. that, and they were trying to play the offsides. Which, sure. which didn't you're, work always, in, yeah. you're always doing to a certain degree. Which didn't work in, in our favor on this, you know, this goal. But no. it was a beautiful place ball. Mm -hmm. They got the goal. Yep. Good for the morale. Whatever. Yep. Boo-hoo. So 56 minutes in, Hernandez, you know, now it's 3-1. So this is where, you know, it, it, it's 56 minutes into a game, right? So it, it, you got 30-something minutes left, right? Maybe 30. It's 40 minutes at this point. It turns out to be around 40 minutes left of the game. And I'm like, okay. Newcastle scored three in 50 minutes. Can PSG score three in 40 minutes? Because, dude, they're, they're still dangerous, right? It's still PSG. I mean, they have, like I said, majority of the French national team on there. <laughs> yeah. What did we see the French national team do this World Cup? Oh, yeah. No doubt. Against Argentina's mm -hmm. Messi. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, it's this is, yeah. I mean, look at how quickly that turned. Exactly. With Keelan and Mbappe. I, I know. And, and Mbappe was Pape, a big part of that. Dembele. Mm -hmm. You saw the few shots that Dabella was getting off right now? That speaks volumes to, to the game plan they had. Exactly. Unbelievable. So I'm sitting there thinking, this could be, is this, this is either going to be a great game that's going to mimic in some form 06, right? 
what was it, 06 or 04? Uh, one of the two. I mean, it, it, it's about 20 years that since it's came. So it, it was – Bobby Robson was there, right? Like it was Barcelona, came to St. James Park, like we, and then we went up winning 5-2 or 5-1 or whatever, whatever crazy number it was. Fun fact, Luis yeah. Enrico was part of that Barcelona team. Yeah. <laughs> Which <I> mean, is crazy. <laughs> it's wild, dude. So I'm sitting there thinking this could be the greatest upset or this could be the greatest victory, right? Um, so I'm sitting there looking, and I'm like, okay, uh, 56 minutes in, and then they just, dude, they didn't stop. Newcastle didn't get complacent. They didn't get scared. They didn't run off the ball. They weren't, they weren't playing to save. They were playing to continue to move. And then I got to see exactly what I know Fabian Shaw to do, and that is this dude, believe it or not, has one hell of a right foot. Precise, he's, dude. Accurate. He's a defenseman. Okay, mm-hmm. this dude's not. These people aren't known for scoring goals. No. But let me tell you something about Fabian Cher. He he's taken free kicks from outside of the box that he's just drilled it around defensive lines, hit posts, hit stunners, and he makes this tackle about thirty yards out. Plays it inside to Murphy. It looked like. Then runs on the outside of Murphy. Murphy plays a little through pass, and Fabian Cher plays this beautiful curled ball to the top right corner. And I got to tell you, when he walks away and he's spinning his hand in a circle like this, and then the whole team comes up, and then you watch the whole crowd go nuts again, I knew in that moment, this is the team that Eddie Howe needs to have for the remainder of the season. When you're up, don't take your foot off the gas. You can't get to the destination with a tank still full. You got to get to the tank. No, you got to get to the destination knowing that it's almost empty. You got to give it everything. If you quit playing 60 minutes in, expect to get beat. I don't care if you're up by five goals or up by but by 10. You can lose that same amount when you take your foot off the gas and don't continue to apply pressure. I never saw this team quit from minute one to minute 95. And that is something I haven't seen in Newcastle for a very, very, very long period of time. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the thing that you got to consider. And going back to the, the – unfortunately, the injuries are going to stack up. Oh, they are. Throughout the season, mm-hmm. playing Premier League, playing, you know, uh, what's that other cup that they're, they they just got done playing? CONCACAF Cup? Yes. The, mm-hmm. CONCACAF oh, which cup. we eliminated uh, Man City. Yeah, Man City, exactly. So they're playing that one. Obviously, they're playing, you know, the Champions League as well. I completely agree with you. Keeping the same team members that were on the field today, keeping them. Mm-hmm. And when we go back to regular you know, season play in the Premier League, keeping Jolington and the other guys that are injured and uh, you know, just rotate them in. Rotate them in. Yeah. That's, that's going to be the easiest bet. You, you, can't, you can't take them from this and apply them quickly back in. Look what happened to Joel Linton, right? Like, you put him I – get, I get that he was ready, right? Um, and, and granted, look, he came off the bench. So, Eddie Howe wasn't planning on playing him long. But it just goes to show you how quick, when you're trying to recover, um, how quick things can go wrong uh, in, in a heartbeat, right? Uh, look at what happened to Harvey Barnes. Unexpected, dude. Like, the, it, it almost didn't look like anything – and then all of a sudden he's out for three months. Like, that's a huge blow. Harvey Barnes is an attack-minded midfield player. Someone that you're going to need when this thing gets crazy. The beauty about it is it's still early. It's still early. 
when you think about what this team was able to accomplish from January to the end of the season two years ago, dude, come on, man. I, I, I've, got, I've got high hopes for Newcastle United, not only in the Premier League, but in the Champions League and also in the CONCAF Cup. I really do. Um, I feel really good about where they are. The one thing I love the most is, and you and I, you and I both watched the, um, you know, we are Newcastle United on Amazon Prime, right? Mm -hmm. And I think what what goes may have got missed during this episode is the owners were talking about if we're gonna go compete in multiple leagues here, we have to have the facility to match it, and it's it's a little it was a tiny little piece in the, in the in those what were they four episodes. Um, it's a tiny little piece, and he said, we got to have state-of-the-art facilities for player recovery, and it's true. Elite teams have elite, uh, uh, they have elite facilities. Um, when you think about these Italian teams that have gone on to be very, very, very successful, I think about teams like Juventus and AC Milan and Inter Milan, and uh, you think about like all the things that they do. Like They've got state-of-the-art facilities for player recovery, and they're investing there. They're doing the right things. And they need to continue to do the right things because those things are going to get players ready, sustainable, make them fit longer. And I know it sounds small, but hey, when you, have, a long way. when you have state-of-the-art equipment that's designed for recovery and you can recover a player quicker than the team down the street, chances are you're going to be in a much, much better place in the latter part of the season when it matters. That's, that's what I think is going to be critical this year, player fitness. Completely agreed. I don't know if you got to watch uh, the post-match interviews and stuff like that. Oh, dude, yes, Dan Byrne and uh, Longstaff. And, and, and Longstaff were up there, and, and dude, first off, childhood club. <laughs> it, it's a childhood club for all of them, right? Like they yep. talk about it. And what's crazy to me is I sit there and I listen to them talk, and I'm like, I used to sound like that. Now I have this wannabe makeup Texan accent, right? That that, that I've inherited from, you know, 17 years of living here. Um, but look, it's wonderful to see um, two local kids grow up watching this team, being able to play for the club that they dream for, dreamed about, watched play, and score goals on the biggest stage. Because it's the biggest stage in the world. Correct. Not only that, but one of them got let go at an early age. Very early. Oh, yeah. He, he was, yeah. Yep. He was let go and came back. Mm -hmm. Oh, and oh, by the way. When the takeover happened, he was wondering if he was ever going to be signed, and they signed him on deadline day. He said that in the post-interview. Yep. It was cool to see, man. Yep. Unbelievable. But that's the, you know, those are the kind of stories that get to you, right? Because you sit here and you think, okay, hey, these are, at the end of the day, they're human beings, man. Like, they're doing, it's a game, and I think they're playing it as such. But to the same token, it's also a job. It's their, it's their, it's their income. Correct. So they take it serious, um, and they should, uh, as they should. They're paid a very large sum of money uh, to to play a sport. Um, but I want to make sure that I preface that by saying this: it's nice to see a team enjoying what they're doing. Teams like that go long, long ways, and Newcastle look like they're enjoying what they're doing right now. Not just that, but I don't know if you noticed what I noticed. During that post-match interview, while Eddie Howe was up there talking, you know, to the press. Did you notice anything? Oh, yeah. Trippier's son? No. Oh, no, no. no okay. No, no, no. What did I miss? After that. Oh, no. Mm -mm. You didn't see it? Mm-mm. What was the bench doing? 
Everyone that was on the bench that did not play was running. Oh. Oh, so he still, he still had was, them working. Was working out. Nice. Not only that, but the owners were down there on the field. Oh, the owners are unbelievable. They were down in the field. Mm-hmm. But it speaks volumes. It speaks volumes of Eddie Howe, how you want to be on this team, you're going to have to fight, and you're going to have to earn it every, yeah. every single spot. Dude, I've said, I've said this for, you know, this goes for any sport. And yes, look, I'm absolutely biased for Newcastle United. There's no doubt. I'm going to have bias. But until somebody comes to me and gives me some reasonable information that's going to question what I say, I'm going to stand by everything that they do. At the end of the day, they are one of the most feared clubs in the Premier League right now. And nobody can, nobody can deny it. When they show up to play Newcastle United, they wonder what version of themselves they're going to be today. They're not worried about... They know how, what, what Newcastle's going to bring. They're worried about what they're going to do. And that fear is a huge thing in the Premier League. So they can hate all they want. They can talk about the fact that, you know, hey, I hear the chants, right? We heard them when we were in Philadelphia. You know, where were you when you were broke? Where were you when you were broke? You know, all this stuff, whatever. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, Newcastle's been here before, and we're coming back. The only difference between last time and this time is we're coming to stay, and we're going to play to stay. And I love that about uh, Eddie Howe and what he's done. So until somebody comes to me and gives me some credible information to sit there and doubt uh, or question what I'm saying, right, or give me a reason to think differently, Newcastle are the most feared team in the Premier League right now. And now after what they just did to PSG, guess what's going to happen? Every team that follows them now is going to be on edge. They're going to be looking at this game and figuring out what did Newcastle do to whoop PSG. Not just beat them, but whoop PSG. They laid it out so good. They dragged the floor dude, with the entire squad. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And made an entire city go mental. Yes. Oh, yeah. No doubt. And then the fact that, that Mbappe is sitting there thinking, you know, not only have I had problems with PSG recently. No, no. So, well, <laughs> look, I don't yeah. need to cut you off on no, this No, you're one. good. You're good. This is the thing. When last season PSG had Neymar, Sergio Ramos, mm-hmm. Lionel Messi, Ferretti, and, you know, Keelan was complaining that he wasn't getting playing time and he didn't have quality guys around him and stuff like that. Yeah, What's his excuse now? What you got? You got in playing time. You're getting what you want. But yep. you don't. Yeah, dude. Where, where did Neymar go? Neymar, Neymar is uh, in Saudi Arabia for Ali Hall, something like that. He is. He went. Something like that. Hmm. I know he's, he's up there with Cristiano Ronaldo and one of the teams, but. Yeah, whatever. I mean, no one cares about that league. <clears throat> I mean, not yet. It's coming. Look at what happened to golf. It's the same. It's the same deal, dude. Like this live golf thing. It's now they they they're, they're joint owners and with the PGA. Like it's it's it, it's coming. Whether we want to admit it or not, it's coming. It's going to be something. Uh, somehow they'll find a way to work their way into the into the Champions League. The Champions League will get bigger. Like it's it's going to get insane. Um, it's coming. Mark my words. I said it here first. It's coming. Whether we want to admit it or not. It's coming. They're going to spend money. They're going to sit there and challenge FIFA. It's going to get wild. Um, but Mbappe, 
he, he's had issues with PSG. Then there was the contract thing, right? Like he wants to make his own deal, whatever, whatever it is, whatever he's going through right now with PSG. He did not look like a player that was enjoying what he was doing. No. But what I did see, though, at the end of it is look at who was wearing his shirt at the end. So mm-hmm. he's still humble enough to stand at the end of the game and realize he got beat. His team got beat and still be humble enough to give his shirt to a kid, right? Like that's that's the, that's the thing to me that makes a player. Because regardless of the fact that I thought that there's plenty of times that Mbappe showed me that he can be a little dirty uh, and can play a little on edge, like, you know, hey, dude, you're doing some questionable things here that are going to get people hurt. Uh, how would you feel if people did it to you? What would you do? Um, but what speaks volumes to me is what players do uh, after a loss, after a win. Uh, it tell, tells me exactly who you are. Sportsmanship. Yep. That's exactly what it is. And he showed that, like, you know, Trippier's kids wearing the Mbappe t-shirt. And it, it's it's so cool uh, because at the end of the day, th- these guys have played with each other at some point, right? They've played against each other for years. They develop relationships. They develop this level of respect. Um, and in my opinion, Mbappe's still a fantastic player. He's he still is. unbelievable. He's still got he, an unbelievable He had a bad talent. game, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Everyone has those days. Yep. Just like our Cowboys against the Cardinals, but, you know, we're not going to talk about that. Yeah, we'll get into that a little bit, though, here soon. Yeah. But, you know, overall, I think, you know, regardless, let me read you some stats real quick. Yeah, come on. Give it to me. Possession. Who do you think had possession on this one? PSG looked like they had more possession. 73%. Yeah, so. Versus Newcastle's, guess how, how low it was. So, it was what was it? So, it was what? 20, 20-something percent? 26. 26. Okay, so let's pause on that right here. Um, I've heard plenty of people turn around and say possession wins games. Possession no. doesn't win you nothing. No. It's what you do with the ball when you do have it. That's what matters. And precisely hit it on the dot. Mm-hmm. In that time of possession that PSG had, they had 11 shots. Mm-hmm. How many on target? Two. Yeah. Guess how many we had? We had total 12 shots. Yeah, Eight. Eight on target. Eight on target. Yeah, I figured out big that big difference. That's huge. Big big difference. Yep. Touches. PSG had eight hundred and forty-four. Mm-hmm. We had three ninety-three. Yeah. So a little bit less than half. Possession don't win you games though. Touches exactly. is a possession. So game. there's another fun fact right here. Well, <laughs> we talked how aggressive they've played this game. One tackles. PSG had fourteen. One tackles, Newcastle had 19. Yeah. And those tackles caused a lot of basically turnovers that were in the right place. Correct. They were in the right place, Mm -hmm. and they created chances for the midfield and the the forwards to take advantage of. So I, you know, I always like this. You know, I want to go back to this whole stat thing around possession, right? And and I want to make sure I clarify something. Uh, Possession can absolutely allow you to control the pace of the game um, and set a tone. However, I've heard, I've said it on this podcast before, I can't stand the way some sports announcers or sports people, whatever you want to call it, say, well, they just wanted it more than the other team. That's a whole lot of BS, and it has been BS for a number of years. It's not about want. It's about what, how much did you show up? Like, what did you deliver? It's not about the fact that, like, you didn't want it today. 
Like, you didn't wake up and say, hey, I'm playing in one of the biggest games of my life, and I just don't want it, so I'm just not going to give my all. No. Sometimes you just get outplayed, and that's okay. It's okay to get outplayed. The same thing applies to this game of possession. I've heard people turn around and say, well, look, they outplayed this team. No, they outplayed them in possession only. They didn't outplay them the whole game. Newcastle outplayed PSG when they had the ball by being effective with touches, effective with passes, effective with hard-earned, contested balls. That's where they earned it. They outplayed PSG in the game that PSG normally play, which is a game of hustle. They outplayed PSG, and they whooped the crap out of them, and they deserved it. Is PSG going to be very different at home? Yes, they are. You bet your bottom dollar they are. One thing I know true now, Newcastle know that they can beat them. Now that they know that they can beat them, what are you going to do when you go to their house? Because you can't be timid now. Nope. You got to be very aggressive. You got to play with the same energy that you played them at home. Yes, no doubt. And you got to stick your foot in their mouth. Yeah. That, that's the only way that you're going to win. Yeah. That's the only way. And this is the thing. You have Dortmund coming to St. James. I know. It's good. It's going to be good. It's going to be another like, win. Hey, give, give, me yeah. two, give me two nothing. Give me two to three nothing. I'm or, serious. You know what? Give me even one zero. Because it, it a win we, is a win. Yeah, a win is a win. Yeah, and if it means that we have to rotate players in and out, then let's rotate players in and out. Whatever see, we got to do. Correct. The beauty of the thing I love about Eddie Howe is he's going to put the right players on the field at the right time, and they're either going to deliver or not. And he said it in his post interview. He said, "Look, at the end of the day, these guys got to go deliver against world class athletes. We just got to go execute our game plan." So, hey, look, it's a great day in Newcastle. Um, I couldn't be more stoked for what's coming. Um, you know, I think the Premier League is going to get a little dicey for Newcastle. Um, just based on the fact that, like, you know, they... they I'm, I'm, these games that they play, uh, yes, they're at home, but these international games that they play is still going to take a toll. Um it's still going to take a toll, right? Like, that that's the thing. It's going to take a toll on the players. And then they got to come back. You know, well, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, they're playing at West Ham. Um, they're playing at West Ham Sunday. So they got to go travel this week uh, to play in a Premier League game against West Ham, which against a West Ham team that looks pretty good. Um, however, I think Newcastle can still, can still do something there. Um, so I'm not too worried about it uh, in hindsight. But... West Ham look better than they've looked in a long time. So I, I'd be curious to see what version of Newcastle we get here uh, because they're going to need another win. Just based on pure standings alone, they're going to need a few of these uh, as we sit currently eighth in the table. You know, if we get a win, we may jump up into the top five as a possibility there. Uh, but we need Man City to trend in the wrong direction. We need Tottenham to trend in the wrong direction, which I think they got lucky against Liverpool. Uh, we need Arsenal to trend in the wrong direction uh, as Newcastle have four wins and three losses, which, by the way, um, is only two losses away from the worst loss record in the Premier League, which is rough, right? Like, that's that's one of those stats. So it's going to be it's gonna be interesting. Um, but, hey, look, th- let, this West Ham game is going to be great. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Going back to, you know, the first podcast I did with you. Mm-hmm. 
how would you consider or what would you consider the season of success for Newcastle in the sense of, let's say, for example, we make top four or five on the table in the Premier League, but we make it to second round. So in the Champions League, I'm going to go bold here Mm -hmm. and say that there are a lot of teams that have accelerated in the Premier League. Um, So let me let me not. Let me, let me put it to you like this. Man City is Man City. They're the team you got to take out. Uh, Tottenham, for whatever reason, all of a sudden turned on the Jets. <laughs> a little bit where that came from, I don't know. Like I said, I think they got lucky against Liverpool. That should have been a draw. That would have been two points less for them. Uh, that would have put them at 15 points uh, instead of 17. Um, and then Liverpool would have sat at 17. So, like, it, it's weird, right? Like, it's, it's a lot of clubs. But here, here's, what, here's the seven teams that I want to give you that are going to be competing for this whole top four type situation. Man City, Arsenal, Liverpool, Aston Villa, Brighton, West Ham, Newcastle. That's my seven. So um, Man United are a complete disaster right now. Do I think they can turn it around? I do. I don't think they finish in the top seven. I think West Ham are better than Man United. I don't think Chelsea are going to be in there. Um, I think Everton are going to scrape by by the skin of their teeth. But I think Burnley, Bournemouth, and Sheffield United are absolutely getting... Um, well, let me say this. I think it's going to be between Luton Town, Burnley, Bournemouth, and Sheffield United as to who's going to get relegated, one of those four teams. So there's seven teams. That means to me, I'm okay with the top seven finish in the Premier League, providing the following... You have to make a quarterfinal or better in the CONCACAF Cup. You have to make it past the second round of the Champions League in order to consider it a successful year. Because there's too many things on the line. Not only to mention that you do have an FA Cup that you're still playing in too, right? So there's a lot of things happening here that Newcastle haven't seen in a very, very long period of time. And to me, I think you put your stock in your overseas if you don't... Because you'll get back there with a good finish, right? So, like, you don't necessarily need a top four finish to go qualify again. No. Right? You just need to finish... Top 16 or, yeah, or things, whatever. top eight yeah. or something like yeah. that. Yeah, something, just to get a, get a return. Yeah. So, for me, I'm okay with a top seven finish in the Premier League, knowing that you still have another year to progress there and build some more depth. So, I'm good with, saying a top seven finish in the Premier League providing we see great advancement in the Champions League, great advancement in the CONCACAF Cup, progress in the FA Cup. If you're balancing all of those and you have a balanced season, you're on you're you're building talent development, you you're, you're doing a lot of things that's stabilizing the club to continue to move the momentum forward because bearing in mind it did take Man City a few years to establish that, but they were consistent everywhere they played. Correct. Now treble champs Come on. You know what I mean? That That's a feat that's hard to do. Yeah. Um, and they did it. And they did it by staying consistent. That's my two cents. No, not only that, but, I mean, dude, we could potentially face them. Oh, yeah. In the Champions League. Mm-hmm. We've already faced them once. We've proven we can beat. Well, prove, uh, let, me, <laughs> let me regress because I was about to get hot there for a second. Let me regress. <laughs> like we've, I said, we're mental. We, we, we've proven that we can compete. With Man City. We haven't proven that we can beat them consistently yet. Um, and I'll give you a prime example. 
Last year, we're up 3-1, and you end up walking out of there with a point. Come on. You give up two sloppy goals. We haven't proven that we can beat them consistently. That team that you saw in the CONCAF Cup that you eliminated them in, like, dude, it's it was a shadow of themselves. It wasn't the same Man City that you're going to go see, whatever, but they're not putting any stock in the CONCAF Cup. They're putting stock in the FA Cup, the Champions League, and uh, the Premier League. That's their stock. That's where they're putting their investment. Where Newcastle could really steal some silverware in a cup that they are arguably could put a lot of stock in. I would just love to see any trophy come back to Newcastle, to be honest with you. Yeah. Any trophy. I mean, that, to me... is progress. It's progress. For well, sure. Not just that, dude. You made the final, dude, and you got beat yeah. by Man United. That ain't happening twice. I don't care what anybody says. So, dude, wait and find out, right? Yeah. Wait and find out. Well, hell, let's do this. Let's pivot. Hard right. pivot. So, uh, it's been a good start to the season for Newcastle United. Um, let's pivot the NFL, man. Let's talk about a whole bunch of crap that happened with the Cowboys in week um, week four. Um, and then what happened in, uh, well, week three, right? Week three and week four. Week three. So, week three, played the Arizona Cardinals. Dude, I got to tell you. The media, Dak said it right. He said to the media, you got exactly what you wanted, and it humbled us. Mm-hmm. Because they did. They got exactly what... Dude, the media waits for a freaking fall of the Dallas Cowboys. And it drives me crazy. Notice how... Well, Jerry Jones is Jerry Jones. He's a marketing genius. We know that. Look at all the media attention that the Cowboys get. Regardless, win or lose. But if you lose, you know, they're talking about, oh, you know... Dak's only thrown, what, one interception this season? Yeah, one. How many did Patrick Mahomes throw in week, uh, Dude. what are we, we in week four, week five now? And they barely won that game. Against no, Zach hey, Wilson, hey, yeah. Sauce Gardner. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll, we'll, we'll get into Kansas City here in a minute and all that swifty magic that's going on there. But we'll talk about that in a minute. But, like, look, they barely won that game. They won it by three points. Like, the Jets gave them an absolute run for their money, which to me speaks volumes to, like, all legacies die. At some point, the Chiefs have regressed for two seasons in a row. I, people can turn around and they're probably going to light me up for saying that. They're not the same team they used to be, and they won't be, because it's hard to sustain it. They should be glad that they made as many Super Bowls as they did and be good with it, but it may take them 10 years to get back to that same level. I think Patrick Mahomes is a stud, an absolute superstar. However, when you lose a Tyreek Hill, when you lose supporting casts that you've had that have made you what you were, it's hard to sustain it. You, you know, they always talk about the next man up, right? It's hard to sustain that. But we'll get into that in a minute. But let's talk, let's talk about this meltdown of the Cowboys. For the first time in the season, in Game 3... Right? It was game three because now we're uh, three and one, right? Mm-hmm. So in game three, you're playing the Arizona Cardinals. You're two and oh. Then you go two and one because you lose. For the first time this season, we had seen the Cowboys play from behind. Always. Correct. And I had this moment 
where I'm like, I've heard several people talk about the Cowboys in this light. It's real easy to be a Cowboys fan and real easy to be a Cowboys player when you're always playing in front because your defense got you there. They always want to hate on Dak because Dak's not good enough to get you over the hump when every throw matters, when every pass matters, when every interception feels like a loss to the game and you witnessed it. And it's absolutely true. It hurt. But it's going to be great for Dak long-term that that happened early. Because what he's not going to do now, I don't think, is allow that to let him fester on it too long for the season and like to the point where it's going to be detrimental to him because they bounced back last week against the Patriots and whooped the Patriots. What I think is great, though, is that it happened early and it humbled him, yes. Um, but it got to, you got to see Dak struggle a little bit. When every throw counted, he didn't show up to be the guy that you needed him to be. But to the same token, there were several drops on drives that should have never been drops. Those are contested passes. you got to make it happen. At the end of the day, you got to be a playmaker. You know one thing you never had to worry about when the, in, in the, for the Cowboys in the heyday? Look, Troy Aikman was never the best quarterback. But you know what he had? He had playmakers. He had people around him like Michael Irvin that were going to say, hey, man, you throw the ball my way. I'm going to go up and get it, son. He had people like Emmett Smith that says, you feed me that ball. They ain't stopping me. I'm going to get through whatever I got to get through to go get through these people. And he did. But, like, this, these are things that people don't talk about. Why? They want to throw it all on Dak. You know why? Because it's the most prestigious position in the NFL. To or be the America's quarterback team. of the Dallas Cowboys. America's team. You're under a microscope. Mm -hmm. You are scrutinized by every play. If you want to talk about stats, then let's talk about stats. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the fact that, hey, yes, it didn't matter. But are you going to sit there and turn around and say that he wasn't worthy of his 108 passer rating last week against the Patriots? Relative to his interception that he threw a week ago. And oh, by the way, arguably we could have won that game. We let ourselves down. That's okay. But it happened early on. You know what I've also seen, though? I've seen an Eagles team get lucky against a Washington team that doesn't look that great. Four skins. And then... <laughs> but I've seen it happen. You know, you've seen an Arizona Cardinals team that beat up on the Cowboys that lost and looked challenging against the 49ers. But oh, by the way, the Cardinals... Gave the 49ers a run for their money. You know what the Cardinals also did that they didn't do against the Cowboys? Post up more points. Now, here's something else that's crazy. You just got to see the fact that you can score against the 49ers. What the 49ers have not faced is a defense stout like the Cowboys. And we get to see it in primetime football this weekend, baby. And it's going to be nice. We get to see potentially what could be an NFC championship game unfold right before our eyes and it's happening in week five crazy it's, it's wild dude this nfl is getting it's getting nuts going back to that cardinals game going back to what you just touched on you know yep the media is so quick to criticize dak very there's a lot of playmakers on the dallas cowboys i'm gonna specifically there's one one play there was one play where Dak threw it to the end zone. The, mm -hmm. receiver, the receiver was CD. You got to make it. <clears throat> the, I think it was a corner or the safety that got him. Mm -hmm. Bodied him and, you know, while the ball was in the air, he could have still made that catch over that dude's body. He was already crying for a penalty. Like you said, make that catch. 
Dude, you can't give up on a play because you're looking for things. Correct. And they didn't even get to him. What now, happened? Let the referee make that decision for exactly. you. Exactly. But if you're going to give up on a route because you feel like you got called for a penalty, you're instantly going to lose. Come on, man. Like you, Don't give up on a play because you feel something some way. Because last time, hey, guess what? Close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. Mm-hmm. It don't count in the NFL. You got to make it or break it, man. Every catch matters. Every throw matters, especially in that game. And, you know, it, it's it's – it's disappointing sometimes when you see, like, when you know that this team is really, really good. Um, but it's the it's the story of the and it's the story of the Dallas Cowboys, right? They live to let you down. It's always it's been that way since the nineties. What I'm what I'm bet what I love the most though, and, and let's call it what it is. Cowboys fans are quick to jump on the bandwagon, quick to jump off. They're they're loyalists, right? Uh, they have high they have a Super Bowl in mind. Uh, I would say, hey, they're they're definitely a contender for the Super Bowl right now, uh, early on. But you're in Week Five; it's a long season. You know, it's a long season for injuries. But contrary to that, like I feel some of these people forget what it was like between Troy Aikman and Tony Romo. Like, did you forget that we went through the worst era of the Dallas Cowboys football you've ever seen? Before you got Tony Romo? And people want to turn around and say Tony Romo wasn't a good quarterback? Could you imagine what Tony Romo would have done with this defense? Yep. Romo would be the next Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Don't, I hate this, like you can't, you can't compare apples to oranges. Okay? Every player is different. Every team is different. I am of the belief that the player has to fit the system for them to shine. And you're seeing Patrick Mahomes shine in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. You're seeing Dak shine in Dallas. You're seeing Purdy shine in San Francisco. You're seeing this kid Wilson shine in a New York Jets team that was unexpected. Correct. Contrary to the fact that they have a losing record. But let's call it what it is. You're seeing Justin They're, Fields crash and burn. Dude. They, yeah. Yeah. But this, this team, that, that Jets team is legit now. Yep, Zach that Wilson. Lions team is legit. You can't, dude. There's, it's, it's a wild. The, the NFL is a crazy sport. It's a, it's a sport of ups and downs, highs and lows. And, um, I think what gets me the most is the fact that if if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan right now, and you're thinking Super Bowl, let's just get to a championship game first. Let's see progress there because you've proven that we can win a playoff game. Now let's go win two playoff games. That's progress to me. But the fact that I also don't want to hear anything that anybody's got to say about, well, Mike McCarthy didn't get us to the Super Bowl. We ought to fire him. Shut your mouth. Are you kidding me right now? You can't fire a coach that's led you to two back-to-back winning seasons for the first time in, oh, I don't know. I don't even know you to go look at the stats. It's been a while because he did it. Oh, and by the way, he saw progress by having a winning season and losing a playoff game, having a winning season, winning a playoff game, and then losing in the next round. Now if he has a winning season again and he proves that he can put you in position to win, I'd rather be in position consistently and have an opportunity to win something or steal something and go to the Super Bowl than I would 
fire a coach and reestablish a team and then go backwards to go forwards again another five years later. Either that or bring him back, back to Clapper. No, we ain't doing that. Dude, he needs to stay where he is. Can, can we just talk about how uncomfortable that guy looks when he's on, when he's on TV, bro? He's stiffer than a stiffy. <laughs> Dude, it's so it's so weird to see him there. But you know what? Can we just can, let me let me let me take let me let me shine some light on what it means to be a part of the Dallas Cowboys organization, right? Um, Tony Romo, probably one of the best analysts there is in the NFL right now. Can we say that? Yeah, I can. I mean, this I, I this dude is you. unbelievable. He played for the Dallas Cowboys. He got an opportunity to go in a booth. And just took, oh, and by the way, with one of the greatest announcers in history. I mean, this dude's on CBS. This guy calls the Masters, and Tony Romo's with him in a booth. Great. And he, and he didn't shy away from the spotlight. Just goes to show you what it means to be a Dallas Cowboys quarterback. Second, you have Jason Garrett, who had good relationships with J- Jerry Jones. They just had to make a decision. Jerry was probably honest with him and says, look, Jason, I got, I got to do something different. It's nothing personal. I got to do something different. And there were rumors that had it that Garrett was someone that said Mike McCarthy's a good coach. Rumor has it that he said something along those lines. You don't think Jerry Jones had some pull to get him in that booth on that TV with coach? Come on now. Yep. He absolutely did. Mm-hmm. Jerry got a lot of pull. And people hate it. But they love to have a Jerry moment. Uh, 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 well, uh, you know, we were just, it's the Dallas Cowboys, and uh, we're going to win the playoffs, and uh, we're going to make the finals, and uh, when we get to the Super Bowl, uh, you can bet your bottom dollar we're going to win because uh, that's our expectation. And uh, 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 when, when I say it, right here in Valley Ranch, uh, when we did the draft, and we drafted some good players, and we're doing it because we want to win, and uh, that's what we're going to do. And we're going to do it with this coaching staff. And uh, I think we got the best defensive coordinator in the league. That's Jerry. They live for that stuff. He can ramble about nothing, and they love it because it's the Dallas Cowboys. That is Jerry Jones. It's wild, dude. I've, I've, seen, I've seen the ups and downs in this team since I started following them. What was that? Back in, what, 2009? And it's just it's wild, dude. It's a wild ride in Dallas, man. Wild entanglement. Oh, gosh. That's all it is. It is, dude. I've, I've been part of it since birth. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Better, people better keep them cowboys out their mouth. But dude, they're, they're legit. At the end of the day, they're legit. You can't doubt it. They're a top five team in the NFL right now. Whether you want to admit that or not, they are a top five team in the NFL. Let- and the crazy part about it is... There's how many teams in the in the NFC that are going to be competing? The 49ers, the Eagles, the Cowboys, Foreskins. Yeah, the, the Redskins could be there. I mean, uh, I, well, I see the, the more Commanders. I, you got to quit doing that to me, man. You throw me off, dog. <laughs> man, since birth, since I was a little kid, they they've been the Foreskins. Yeah, it's thanks to my uncle that ruined yeah. everything for me. But you know, they're the Foreskins. <laughs> so I'm going to continue yeah, calling them the Foreskins. And you know what I'm tired of hearing too? That what? the NFC East is the worst division in football. It's been the most competitive division for several years now. Yeah. Don't call it what it is. Exactly. It's not the NFC least anymore. Mm-mm. It is absolutely a division that people don't want to be a part of. Nope. Um, but what teams do you have out of the AFC? Kansas City? Bills? The Bills, maybe? The Bills, saw, saw, hey, the, the Bills did humble the Dolphins. They did. 
I, I just don't know, man. Like, I, I think the Cowboys are legit. I really do. But the funny thing is, I see the Dolphins more of a threat in the AFC mm-hmm. than Cincinnati. Yeah, dude, Cincinnati look awful. What happened to Joe Cool, man? He got that big money. It's amazing what happens when you pay these quarterbacks that money and you can't know, sign man. the rest of the squad, bro. We, we saw, we saw that with uh, Zeke. Dude, hey, can we just talk about how good Zeke was, though? He was. Dude, he, Zeke, Zeke had a good game. And, he was and, a red zone guy. Yeah, but you know what? Here's what we need to understand. Zeke on the sideline of the uh, during that game, he's got his hand, and he's doing this whole eat thing because they ran in for a touchdown. Um, and Zeke's embracing a team that he just left, right? Um, I also want to remind not gonna lie i teared up for a little bit dude like you know that embrace that him and dak Maybe had after the game cry. yeah it's it, it's hard man it's hard to watch because they they did man they've been the two they've been the dynamic duo in Dallas. knockouts you know the thing when he hopped in the kettle you know in the in the uh what do they call that the um salvation army salvation army yeah mm-hmm. they, what they did there was unbelievable um what's crazy to me though is um zeke did approach the team and said he'd be willing to take a pay cut to stay. Mm-hmm. He did do that. Um, I think he saw the writing on the wall and he wanted to do whatever he could to stay in Dallas. Um, I just don't know if the number would have been right. You know what I mean? Um, so they cut him, you know, they offer him, you have to pay him somewhat of his contract, right? And then, of course, what are the Patriots going to do? They're going to pick somebody up. And Zeke's established enough that he can prove that he can still do it. I just don't think he's playing with the same level of fun that he would have had in Dallas. He doesn't look the same guy. No. Um, now, well, granted, I will tell you, Bill Belichick apparently has a really stout, structured system that, like, you ain't going to have fun until you win. I don't know, man. That that game looked like a dumpster fire for him. And uh, the frustration that he was having oh. with Mac Jones. Oh, yeah. Wasn't good. But you know what? Wasn't good. Kudos to the defense. One of the biggest players right now. Bland. He stepped up in a big way. Yup. He stepped up. Stepped up in a huge Filled in way. some shoes. You know, hopefully he, he's able to do that against the 49ers uh, coming up this week during primetime. <clears throat> yeah, we got a primetime. Hey, you know, we got to talk about a couple things. But let's finish up on this primetime game because then we got to talk about mm, could be the top priority game of the weekend we'll talk about that in a minute though you know what i'm saying i'm talking about a little bit of red river rivalry maybe but we'll talk about that in a sec but let's talk about this talk about this primetime football thing because we are playing the 49ers and what's wild about this game um is like i just said this could be a um this could be a uh nfc championship game in front of our eyes well before it even happens. So my guess is that the San Francisco 49ers um, are the betting favorites. Uh, but we're about to pull this up right now because I do believe that they're going to be the favorites. Um, the 49ers are only a three-and-a-half-point favorite over the boys. And they're playing on the road, right? Isn't this an away game? Yep, this is an away game for the boys. So that's that's wild, right? So this is this is at this is in San Francisco, um, and they're only a three and a half point favorite. So the stock's not bought in completely in Vegas in the 49ers right now, which I don't think people fully understand. So now, granted, the 49ers are undefeated, 
it would be really nice for the Cowboys to defeat them and make them humble. Well, okay, there's two things can happen here. The Cowboys can humble them early, and then they go out on a surge, or we cannot, and then they still look like the 49ers, which they're still a stout team. Um, but the crazy part about it here is the fact that they're they're putting um, a total number of points on this uh, as over under being 45. So this is a close game. This is a 24-21 game here. Does That's a the, super close game. Does the Dallas Cowboy do the Dallas Cowboys give up uh, three touchdowns, or do you see the fact that they go for the upset and they beat them by a field goal in this game? Because we've seen it before, and we've we've lost on the receiving end of that because correct. we had a terrible kicker. Correct. The fact is, we went and found a kicker that knew how to kick a soccer ball really, really good and far. And oh, by the way, they shows they can actually kick a football the same way. Our Plano, Texas boy, dude, <sighs> unbelievable man. Earning, we we had been talking. paycheck. We had been talking about finding a soccer player. Mm-hmm. Yep. To go be a kicker for yep. the cow for any NFL team a long time ago. Look, because the the, the, I've, the ability I've you have said to have. This. I've always said this. If there's an NFL kicker that's not wearing soccer shoes, to either punt or make a field goal, fire him. Mm-hmm. That's not your guy. Simple as that. And yeah. you can you can tell. They soccer players have, you know, experience kicking balls. Well in, in and footballs Yeah. You got long it's, distance. It's, too. it's body contortion, like it's rotation, it's using everything that's in your lower body and your upper body to get it there, right? Like I don't think people understand that like it's not easy to pelt a ball at a pace to make a difference when really it's you and a goalkeeper in a Goal that's what twelve foot, mm-hmm. like the goalkeeper six foot. They're covering fifty percent of this thing when it comes their way. Like it takes a lot to move it past somebody like that. This kicker for the Cowboys has been legit. I I, I see this. I see this possibly being an upset. So I'm, so on this one, we'll only do the Cowboys game because it's prime time. So I'd be curious, like who do you think's gonna win? Um. And by what score? And you said it's a three point. It's a three and a half. Three point. And a half point. So, so the Cowboys are the three and a half point underdog. <laughs> We're going to sneak one away. I say 27, 24. 27, 24. It's going okay. to be a low scoring game. Well, 27, 24 is a little high, though. Yeah, for me, it's low scoring. Okay. I mean, compared, so got, to, you, compared to the points that we've been putting up. So you got, <laughs> you, you got the over on 45. Yep. So you got 27, 24. That's 51. Mm-hmm. So you got six points on the over. Um, I'm going to stick with I, – I, I, I can't go against them because I really believe that the Cowboys can pull this off. I really do. Um, I'm either going to eat these words next week or I'm not. We'll find out. But I'm going to go Cowboys 21. Um. Oh man, I, no. Let's do this. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do the Cowboys twenty. Uh, and then the Forty Nine ers seventeen. That's what I'm gonna go for. I'm gonna take the under. And the reason I'm gonna take the under is because look, at the end of the day, 
one thing that they know how to do in San Francisco is shut down the Dallas Cowboys. That's true. So I think they're going to shut us down offensively. So I'm going to take the under. Uh, give me the under on 45. Uh, I'm not going to take the spread. I'm going to take the under on the three and a half. Uh, so I definitely think it's going to, I don't think, I don't think they win by four. I think they win by three. So give me the under on three and a half. Uh, give me a 20 to 17 win for the Cowboys and let's steal one on the road and let's get on the way to the, to a potentially a bye week because we're going to have to go beat the Eagles twice in order to do that at this rate. We're going to have to beat the Eagles twice. I know. In that garbage stadium? Flop Eagles flop. That's all we need. Or die Eagles die. Mm -hmm. R.I.P. Ellie. Love you, bro. But you know what? Yeah. (laughs) You know what you're getting yourself into having uh, Cowboys brothers. So, yep. Okay. Now let's talk about arguably the best game of the weekend. The Texas Longhorns and the Oklahoma Sooners. Mm. Both undefeated. Bro, Both yeah, undefeated going into however, Red River. However, um, let's call it what it is here. Uh, Texas are ranked um, three. So, uh, they're, I think they're ranked number three right now. Are they still ranked three? So I think it's Texas is still three. Mi- Michigan's number two. Michigan did so. Michigan's two. Uh, so they kept Georgia at one. I believe Georgia is <sighs> at one right now. So Michigan should be one in my opinion. This whole committee of people that do the rankings are terrible. They should just put me in charge of it, and I'll do it for them. <laughs> um, clearly, I'm better than they are. Uh, that's a complete lie, but um, I would have done this. Here's what I would have done. Georgia, yes, undefeated. Their last win was terrible win. Uh, I will tell you that Michigan, dominating wins to start the season, they should be one. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with Texas staying three, being the fact that, yes, okay, they just beat Kansas 40-14, to but Kansas are an underrated team that is up and coming and doing some really, really good things with that organization. Shout-out to Jack. So, hey, yeah, shout-out to Jack, yes. And then shout-out to the, to, to the coach of the Jayhawks, man. Yeah. Like, the Jayhawks are legit. They're not, a, they're not a terrible team. They're not, they're not poorly coached. They're going to show out in the Big 12 when Texas and Oklahoma go to, to the SEC. 100%. Um, but Oklahoma's got a longer way to go than Texas do right now, in my opinion. Um, so, I think, uh, so So this whole game kicks off, it's, it's an 11 a.m. game. It's going to be at the Texas State Fair. Um, and, dude, the food that they got at the Texas State Fair, dude, looks legit, man. Let me deep, tell you. Deep fried pho? Dude, yeah, deep fried pho. I mean, for real, like of all things, man, wild, man. I got to tell you. If, if you want to get a heart attack really, really quick, go to the Texas State Fair. You got a heart attack everywhere you go there. I'm trying to raise my cholesterol <laughs> sodium this dude, weekend. This, dude, this is going to be silly. Silly out there. Um, so, look, it's an 11 o'clock game. Um, I, I'm not quite sure uh, what um, the spread is, but I want to say that the, the Longhorns are favored. Given the um, fact that we wiped the floor with them last year yeah so so texas are favored by five and a half um so that's 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 good um that's a good start or good come out of the gates yeah so then you've got yeah so five and a half points um you've got uh, rough and tough. There's a bunch of betting lines here, money lines, whatever. So, so look, it's actually coming out to be six and a half. So the Longhorns are a six and a half point favorite. Um, and then you have like a couple of other things here. So total odds in terms of over under 60 and a half. 
So it's going to be relatively high scoring is what they predict. Uh, this could go two ways, in my opinion. This could be a close game, like most of them have been. Back when um, we had Sam Ellinger and, uh, you know, Dicker the kicker had to yeah. do his thing. Yep, sure. Could be a close game. Um, or this could be really heavy one way because we've seen that also. Correct. So uh, I'm curious. Um, I think that... Texas lead overall in this, and I want to say I'm pulling this up. Yeah, so Texas, look, Texas leads this Red River rivalry, or the showdown, right? The Red River showdown is what they call it, 63 to 50. So a 55% win rate for, for, for Texas. And I share that stat because historically, even though Oklahoma have been back-to-back Big 12 champions, um, something always happens in this game that most of the time favors Texas. Um, on years that Oklahoma have went on to win the Big 12, typically they've had a hard time playing Texas. It always works out that way. Uh, they play in the same place. It's wild. It's crazy. The biggest score in history, um, believe it or not, is Oklahoma back in 2003. They beat Texas 65-13. to 13. And in my opinion, I think Texas could do the same thing to Oklahoma. And I want to share why. Oklahoma defensively, are in year two of a system. Prior to the coach that they have there now. That's right. Lincoln Riley's not there, right? Lincoln Riley's not there. Um, Sorry, so, I, don't, I don't keep up with garbage, so I just barely remember the previous garbage. Yeah, so so um, so Brent Venables uh, is the coach there. So Brent Venables, um, if I remember right, is from... Um, Brent Venables came from somewhere in Kansas. Um, if I remember right. So let me let me just look that up real quick. So uh, because there's a story here. Um, so Brent Venables. Um, he's yes, the head coach of Oklahoma. Um, I also know that he had done. Uh, he originally had went to like. He had tried to do something uh, with he originally was going to go to Clemson uh, and then didn't go to Clemson and then went to OU prior to that, like he was with Kansas State um, like he's his, his coaching career was was from Kansas State up until '98, uh, and then Oklahoma, um, and then Clemson, Clemson. He went as a defensive coordinator and linebackers coach, uh, and then was at Clemson until 2021. He was going to take that spot, didn't, and then committed to Oklahoma to be the, the head coach in 2022. So there's a lot of little little weird stuff, but he, but again, he was he's Kansas State um, originally. Um, started his coaching career there in '93. Uh, was Kansas with Kansas State until '98, and then went to Oklahoma um, until 2011. Then went to Clemson until 2021, and then came to back to Oklahoma uh, in 2022. So prior to Venables coming to uh, Oklahoma, um, bearing in mind he he was a defensive coordinator with Clemson during the heyday of Clemson, right? Defensive team. Um, assistant head coach, defensive coordinator, linebackers coach in 2018 to 2021, so in, in, a, in a prime of Clemson. So he's got a defensive mindset. He said when he arrived at Oklahoma, there was no system, no defensive system. It was players, you line up here and you chase a guy down. That's essentially what their playbook was. So he had to scrap the whole defensive system, re-put his own back in, and you're only in year two of a system. 
it's not long enough to build a culture that's continuously sustainable. No. They're, they can give up a lot of points. And when you have a team like Texas who defensively has now been stout for, a lot, for three to four years, right? Defensively stout, offensively consistent, you're going to give up big plays in Oklahoma. I don't care how good you think you are. There's going to be big plays. Um, and Texas are going to take advantage of it. I think six and a half is weak in favor of Texas. I think this is a 20-point difference game. I think this is a I think this is a 40 to 20 game style game. Um, I really do. I think I think Texas drop at least 36, 38 uh, on Oklahoma. Uh, so give me the over on 60 because I still think Texas can give up some points. I don't think they're gonna give up as much as you think. Uh, so I'm gonna take Texas to win this for sure. Uh, and I'm going to absolutely take the over because I think this is going to be a 20-point game. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, I, I can't, you know, you, I can't say it any better than you did. Just because based on what I've seen from Coach Sharkeesian. Yes. Consistent, bro. Correct. You know, we had, after year one, you know, there was a lot of, for, especially from the boosters and just the fan base and everyone else, were very concerned on his ability mm-hmm. to turn the program around. Absolutely. Versus, I mean, the Texas fan base is like the Dallas Cowboys fan base. You know, we expect results. Sometimes a little bit sooner than later. But... You know, we are patient. We are loyal. But overall, patient. And one of the things that I... I, Literally, what you touched on was consistency. Mm Mm-hmm. What have we seen this year? Consistency. Yep. Offense, defense. Yeah. The defense wasn't like this three years ago. No. No, no, no. Recruitment wasn't like this three years ago. I wonder what level of recruiting, uh, or what it's done for recruiting for Texas, knowing that they're going to go play in the SEC. For money, right? When you think about NIL, right? Like, I mean, dude, you got the Pac-12 that's falling apart right now, uh, which is sad, by the way. Um, But whatever, it is what it is. The Big 12 is, is, is going to be different. Uh, the SEC is going to be stout. Like, everybody wants to be a part. It's money, dude. Money draws. Whether you want to admit it or not, money draws. The SEC is the place to be. If you're a college team, you want to be in the SEC. But you got to be good to get there. Yep. It's, and it, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I feel good about Texas. Unless they take a charity case like A&M. A&M's A&M, dude. Yeah, no. Uh, that the big thing for me in Texas, dude. If you're gonna be a, if you're gonna be the, the school in Texas, you can't be outshadowed by TCU. You can't be outshadowed by Texas Tech. You can't be outshadowed shadowed by Texas A&M. You gotta be the Texas team. You gotta be the Texas Longhorns that you know you can be. Don't let these other teams outshine you. That's a fact. Hundred ten percent. Because the team that arguably could give them a run for their money is TCU. Yeah. At um, TCU. At TCU. Yeah, they're going to be playing in Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. So hey, they're going to be local. We, we might have to go catch that game with Tyler. I mean, I'm I'm down to go. 
I know somebody's going to be there that I know, man. It's going to be wild. Crazy if Texas walk out of there with a big win. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be crazy. Not only that, but hey, good kickoff to your birthday weekend. Oh, dude, I know. I can't wait. Newcastle win. Dude, if, if, if Newcastle wins Sunday and the Cowboys win Sunday and the Longhorns win Saturday, bro. I, oh, by the way, the Rangers just made it the ALDS. Dude, this has been this has been a good week, bro, right now. This has been a good start to my birthday weekend, I'm telling you right now. And I'm going to be uh, 21 again for about the 12th year. Uh, so <laughs> I'm always 21, dude. You know what I mean? I'm drinking my first beer. Yeah. Of that day. <laughs> You know, I always turn around and say, man, when are you going to quit drinking beer? I said, after this one. That's <laughs> <laughs> terrible, ain't it? Golly, that's awful. You know what else I do have that I'm scared to try right now? Just since we're going to be closing out this podcast here in a minute. Um, I got the new Pocky One Chip, bro. You and I did the one from last year I love where it you. was blue. Hey, hey, uh, no, 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 no. Let me finish. Let me finish, dog, 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 dog. You can, you can share with these wonderful <laughs> listeners what happened to you after you took this one from last year. Let's talk about the one from last year, okay? It's dry. It's weird, right? Like, at first, it doesn't do anything. And then all of a sudden, bang, it slaps you upside your face. And it's get, it just gets hot and hot and hot and hot and hot and hot. And it don't stop, dude. This one, you know, there's a lot of controversy with this one, dude. You know, you got heard about that kid that died. You know, they say it's not for child consumption, right? They do say that on the package. They got to do something to stop people buying it. I get it. Um, But at the end of the day, like, it's spices. So I'm sitting there thinking, like, is it really that bad? Like, can this thing, like, really mess you up? Because this thing's... It's green, dude. It's got a little viper on it, man. Like a little snake viper thing. And I'm like, dang, this package already looks scary, dude. I opened up the box. There's like solid green in there, man. I don't like snakes already, dude. And it's got a snake on the box. Like some kind of viper pepper or something. You just got to go Samuel L. Jackson on it. Yeah, no more snake. I'm tired of these <laughs> snakes on this. Monday to Friday plane. On this Monday to Friday plane. There you go. <laughs> Oh, man, dude. Yeah, you can miss me with that Pocky Chip Challenge. I love you. Well, what happened, man? Tell me what happened the last time. (laughs) I love you. You're my brother from another mother, but it's like that, uh, what's it called? That uh, scene from The Hangover where, uh, what's his face? Um, Is with Mr. Chow. And he's like. Uh, what's it called? He's like, every time we're together, someone gets hurt. Yeah. He's like, well, that's the point. <laughs> that's you. You're Mr. Chow. <laughs> Dude, so this thing is 2023 one chip challenge, right? First I don't off, know. the fact that they put it in a coffin shaped box, which they did on the last one. And I have the, I have the banner that says I completed the Pocky one chip challenge. So it says, keep out of reach of children intended for adult consumption. Do not eat if you're sensitive to spicy foods, allergic to peppers, nightshades, or capsaicin. I'm allergic to all that, all the above. <laughs> or are pregnant or have medical conditions. Yep, after, I'm touch- pregnant. after touching the chip, wash your hands with soap and do not touch your eyes or other sensitive areas. 
Uh, what they mean by sensitive areas is really, really weird. Uh, seek medical assistance should you experience difficulty breathing, fainting, or extended nausea. And then on the front, dude, like, okay, so it's got this snake wrapped around this skull thing, right? It's called a, it's Carolina Reaper and Naga Viper Pepper. What? I've never heard of a Naga Viper Pepper. What is that? Have you ever heard of one of those? Only in hell. Dude, it's got to be it's got to come from some kind of weird place, right? Viper Pepper. I, it says on the box this chip will bite back. <laughs> it bit me the first time. I got I got Ain't two of them again. I got two of them, dude, and it comes in a green package. Um it says real peppers, real heat. I nominate um, Tyler. They, it's got a, uh, it's, it's got a, um, what do you call these people right here that hold these? A reaper? What do they call those? No. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's the reaper. The reaper, yeah, right. And then it says uh, it's holding a snake, which is even better. It says if you can last for one minute, uh, harmless. If you can last for 10 minutes, you're a slitherer. If you last 30 minutes, you're venomous. And if you last for one hour, you're an apex predator. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I'm scared to do this one. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I was not scared to do the last one, and I lasted much longer than you. You were about five seconds in before you decided you were going to quit on me uh, and then take milk and other dairy supplements while you are lactose intolerant. Uh, so you definitely uh, did not do well. No. But uh, this one, <laughs> this one, on the other hand, uh, this one scares me. Um, I had no fear up until about two weeks ago, and this thing's been sitting here for about three weeks. Uh, I had no fear, none at all. And then all of a sudden I started reading these things where people were like, this is so much hotter than the last one. I'm like, well, the last one was hot. But I didn't, I didn't get crazy, right? Like, I didn't get stupid. I was like, okay, it's just hot. Until about five, eight minutes in, I'm like, okay, I need some ice cream or I need something to like, calm my mouth down. And then after about an hour, it kind of mellowed out a little bit and I was okay. Um, alcohol definitely helps, yeah. for sure. Um, especially if it's frosty cold. And a frosty mug definitely helps. Um, but, yeah, it, it's, it, it was wild, dude. This one scares me, bro. I'm not going to lie to you. At some point, I got to do it. Well, your birthday's <laughs> coming up. <laughs> I'm going to do it this weekend. You, you can oh, be your dude. own birthday candle. <laughs> oh, dude, I, pre I could probably light my own birthday candles after eating this thing. Golly. Yeah, this thing scares me, dude. Nope. Like, I don't get scared very often, man, but this thing scares me. Don't put me in on this one, Coach. Have you ever eaten a Carolina Reaper? Nope. You ever seen them things? I like little uh, chi tiny little cherry little things. Dude, as soon as I get it's Tabasco sauce and Valentina sauce. That's it. Or <laughs> Texas Pete's. That's it. Or Buffalo sauce. Or Buffalo sauce. <laughs> That's it. Nope. Other than that, tell me out. No, I like spicy food, dude. I really do like spicy food. Like, I like the sweats that you get from spicy food. That's when you know it's good. You know? Um, but like it's yeah, this is weird, man. I think this is this thing this this thing might not be good. Um, I might have to call like a local paramedic to come by or something and make sure like I'm gonna be okay. Who knows? We'll see. I don't know, man. But you know what? Yeah, good, good podcast today. Oh, dude, it's been great, man. Appreciate you joining me. You know what? I'll I'll leave it at this. Mm. Texas fight, and we are the Jordies, <laughs> the Jordy Boot Boys. For we are mental. For we are mad. For we are mad. For we are the loyalist yep. football, football supporters, supporters that the world, the world has ever had. Yep. All right, bro. Hey, till next time, tee it high, let it fly. Peace out. You've been listening to the Win Big Podcast. 
We hope you enjoyed this episode and we would love your continued support. Head over to Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcast to subscribe and catch us on our next episode.